Welcome to Side Effects, Effect versus Affect. It's hard to know the difference. At McGowan Braybender, our goal is to provoke you to think differently about employee benefits, your employees, and the status quo. That's why it's Side Effects with an A. Today, I am joined by McGowan Braybender, Director of Strategy and Innovation and Shareholder, Dave Homan, for our final installment of our Member Journey podcast series. After COVID-19, our world was rocked. Dave defined the problems that organizations are facing today. And from a benefits perspective, we discussed why it matters to employers and employees everywhere. Society is operating with four generations in the workforce, and Gen Zers and Millennials want different things. So, MB conducted a survey with thousands of participants and analyzed the results. The responses were fascinating. In this episode, get your paper and pencils ready. Dave is here to tell you what to do next. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to Side Effects. And Dave, welcome back to our fourth and final episode of The Member Journey. I can't believe we're at the last episode. We're finally here. Well, there'll probably be more after, the more we uncover. But for now, number four is here, and we are going to be bringing solutions to our listeners. Yeah, this is when the rubber meets the road. Right? Right. So in case our listeners haven't caught up with one, two or three of this series, um, do you want to give a quick little summary about what we took away to build up to this last and final podcast? Yeah. So the first one, we we define the problem mm-hmm. because that's what's most important is why are we even having this discussion? Um, the second episode, we talked about uh, millennial benefits and Zoomer benefits, what they are really interested in. Yep. Third episode, we talked about what the research told us and had some very interesting findings. And today is really the fourth episode is where we put everything together Mm -hmm. and actually talk about different approaches and solutions that we're working on. So with the last episode, with the data and what we researched, what were the top four takeaways that you want everyone to know from the surveys? If you had met someone in the elevator and you had to just tell them four well, things. I, you know what? I would, I, I would tell them that there are a lot more stressors than delighters, okay. which we talked about there. So there are a lot of more negative feelings about the overall benefit program than uh, positive feelings. Right. Uh, that there are two different distinct member journeys, mm-hmm. high utilizers and low utilizers. Correct. Um, gosh, I could go in a million different directions there. Uh, regardless of the... Um, of the path or the journey they take, the the top stressors, stress events that are out there for for everyone, uh, carrier change, mm-hmm. uh, enrollment in a high deductible plan yep. for the first time, navigating prescription drug costs, yep. and understanding preventive and um, diagnostic uh, services, okay. coding problems. Right. And then uh, I would say... Um, Really, the the last one there would be the, I guess it's what we're not doing mm-hmm. or not not probably spending enough time on, which are the things that are important to millennials and Zoomers that are uh, just as important as traditional benefits in terms of recruiting and retaining them. Right. Speaking their language. Exactly. So um, what exactly is the process for coming up with these solutions? Or what are we doing internally to get to this point? Well, once we had, once we understood the data mm-hmm. and we understood where the areas of opportunity um, were. We 
got a team of employees together, kind of a think tank. Yep. We MB got employees. MB employees mm-hmm. that represent uh, client-facing jobs, non-client-facing mm-hmm. uh, people from our advocate team, uh, people from strategy and innovation. Uh, all benef- of our different offices. Yeah, all the different offices, mm-hmm. consultant roles, account manager roles, benefit specialist roles. Um, we had a really good representation. Then what we did was we have we've had two of the three brainstorming sessions. They're one hour sessions. And what we do is we send in advance, we define the problem Mm -hmm. and talk about the topics. Yep. And so when we hit in that meeting, we have a timekeeper and we, we throw out what the problem is. Brain dump. And then we do a brain dump and it is a rapid fire throwing out solutions. The more outrageous, the better, Mm -hmm. because that idea will lead to five more ideas. Yep. Then what we do is once those sessions are, when we're done with the the brainstorming part of it, we go back and prioritize and say, these are the top three things that we feel could have the greatest impact if we address. Mm-hmm. Then that goes back into a smaller subset of group that actually starts building out solutions. And um, once we feel like we've got something that's tangible, we bring we bring it back to that larger group yep. and we vet it and we talk about it. We pick it apart and we figure out, will this really make a difference that's meaningful? And then we get ready to figure out how to launch it on an enterprise level. And I am a part of those brainstorms and it feels so satisfying to have kind of the best of the best telling us what we need to do. And then we actually have an answer. Those sessions have been amazing yeah. because they're not like other meetings that you sit in where it's all about new ideas and it's talking about something that is much more exciting mm-hmm. than talking about spreadsheets or transactions. These, I, I believe that these are, if I would define these, these meetings in one word, it would be transformational. Oh, absolutely. I can't wait to see the things that we already have started to create from it, but okay. So I think this is groundbreaking and I'm sure the HR professionals that are listening agree because they're like, you're give us the secret sauce. So what can they do next? What are some of the easiest things that they can address right away? You know, I would start and certainly will be, McGill and Braybender will be there along the journey to, to guide them and mm-hmm. to introduce ideas to them. But um, I would say a great place to start is a little bit of introspection with your own benefit program. And I would go back to the last episode where we talked about stressors and delighters. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to go back and listen to it. A a stressor is something you, when you interact with your program, an employee will walk away with either a good feeling or a bad feeling. Right. And it will create a negative feeling or a positive feeling. And based off of that, we call them stressors or delighters. What we found through our research is that there are very few delighters and many more stressors. And you may even start down a path thinking, well, this is a delighter. Mm. But think about how they interact with the plan and think about problems they run into. And what you've done is you've taken something positive and turned it into a negative. Right. So go through your benefit program mm-hmm. and then go through all of your emails that you get from employees, the phone calls you get, the voicemails they leave, the meetings you have in the hallway where they've run into a problem and make a, make a list with two columns and start listing, listing stressors and delighters. Right. And then what you do is figure out after that list is created, where are there opportunities that we could take something that's a stressor 
and and neutralize it or perhaps turn it into a delighter. Right. And and what you what we can do is once you come up with that list, sit down with us and we can go through that list and even help you triage it mm-hmm. and come up with solutions. I would say rethink your recruiting and retention methods because That's what, an overhaul. Yeah, what we learned um, in the earlier episodes is it's many times it's the way that you're talking to the generations, mm-hmm. what's important to them. And especially with millennials and with Zoomers, what they believe a benefit is, Mm -hmm. an employee benefit. And it's not really what you define as an employee benefit. It's what they define. And so Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it is the way you're talking to them. We talked about the nuances by generations, what was important to them. So have you considered instead of a one-size-fits-all approach is having a one-page recruiting offer letter mm-hmm. for a new employee that speaks to them generationally. Right. Because we talked about, you know, flexibility, career pathing being very important to Zoomers, uh, customization, mm-hmm. flexibility, non-traditional benefits. Whereas if you're recruiting a Gen Xer, you want to talk to them about um, the, the, the having a solid benefit program, a strong 401k program. Yep advancement opportunities, um, flexibility Mm -hmm. as they have different things in their life that that will pull them away from the office. So think about crafting your letter a little bit different. Uh, um, You know, especially with with Zoomers, go into it with the mindset is you want to educate them about the benefits because the parents will have an influence in that. Absolutely. But what is important to the Zoomers and the benefits that are attractive to them are different than the other generations. So you're thinking you get a Zoomer into your new hire meeting and it's your orientation. And would you call it benefits 101 then? Get them a one pager that just, that speaks to them and has the most important points to them. And then maybe you have a meeting with a baby boomer. That's your next new hire. Do you have a separate one pager for them? Yeah, you do. It's the way you're recruiting and you're selling the organization and reselling Mm -hmm. your organization to them Mm -hmm. because it's, uh, you know, their psyches are very different and what will keep them and what they, you know, what will keep them there long-term. Okay. So I have a few rapid fire questions for you. Okay. So first, how can we educate the Zoomers so they actually want to learn about these and not just go home to their mom and dad and give them the paper? Well, I think you just had a great idea and, and it's the Benefits 101 class. Mm-hmm. So A class. Um, and, mm-hmm. and what you do is it's a it's almost like a little mer- learning module so that when, you know, they're 25 years old getting ready to... Be 26 the year, off their 26 parents' insurance. And adulting, yeah. Uh, with their benefit program is really helping them not just understand benefits and how they work, but it's the little things because um, finding not just a primary care doc, but finding the right primary care doc. Yep. And because if you make that one decision, you find the right primary care doc that's based off of quality metrics and not who you're you know, your snap, your Snapchat, you know, contacts are using, <laughs> yeah. um, that can make a huge difference mm-hmm. as it relates to long-term health and costs, uh, for the employee, um, educating them about telemedicine, right? Uh, because the data told us as we went through it, zoomers 
don't believe in telemedicine and have not embraced it. And I know that's Crazy. a surprise to everybody because you figure technology, convenience. You do have to talk on the phone though, which is probably part of the downfall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the reason the data told us when we went through it, it's because the parents are still making many of the benefit decisions right. for Zoomers and they have not fully embraced mm -hmm. telemedicine. And so there's an opportunity there to educate them about the benefits and where right. to even go. Because when, when you have a sinus infection, um, where do you go? Do you go to, uh, if you don't have a primary care doc, you, you go to, to urgent, urgent care yeah, or, mini clinic or, or an ER. Yeah, which the, we don't want them to go to the ER. Yeah, we want them going to the right place at go the right time. Absolutely. That, that actually blows my mind. I had yeah. an excellent telemedicine experience the other day. I got a phone call within 10 minutes and then my prescription was ready in an hour. Yeah. Prescription drugs. And mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm speaking from experience of my idiot college student <laughs> who went your child? Uh, yeah, who went, um, was at school and went to get a script filled and they offered him the brand name drug in the pharmacy and he didn't even question it, didn't say I don't think I would have either though. How generic, would I know? Oh, but well, mm -hmm. it was an expense, it was a hundred and twenty dollar mistake learning less learning opportunity I like that that we mm -hmm. had but we had a discussion uh, about that in generic great versus brand name generic versus and that brand could have been name. taught so simply in a benefits 101 class by yeah. yep okay so another one of my favorite takeaways um that even I didn't think about until I came to McGowan Braybender was the connection of employee contributions and total premium yeah. and HR teams don't do the best job of explaining this so it's hard to wrap your mind around it when your paycheck looks different from what you think it, it you're does, getting. Exactly. And that's a huge, it, this is a huge opportunity to take a stressor mm -hmm. and turn it into a delighter because every year the employees look at their, their cost per paycheck. Yep. Um, and they don't, they never see that going down. It's usually going up right. and there's a lot that creates the stressor. So even though that employer may have had a, 15% increase, they're only passing a small percentage or 5% increase onto the employees. All the employee sees is that 5% increase. Right. And the data told us that they, uh, the, the employee has a really good feel of how much they're paying per paycheck. Mm -hmm. Okay. Where the disconnect is, is the majority of them believe that that's nearly all the premium for healthcare their, for their medical plan or um, all of it. Yeah, And so they don't see that the employer's paying 80% of that premium or, you know, in, in many cases more. You would never, and, why would I ask though? Why would I even, no, yeah. We've, we've either tried to protect them or we've tried to eliminate some of the noise. Right. There, there's times when you want to create a little bit of noise. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. So next rapid fire question. We have clearly seen that res all employees of every generation hate open enrollment meetings. Yes. So <laughs> how do we get the information to them without an open enrollment meeting or make the open enrollment meeting better? Yeah. So uh, regardless of your high utilizer or low utilizer, the data told us employees hate open enrollment meetings. Is hate meetings. too strong of a word? I don't believe hate is. They strongly dislike. <laughs> okay. They strong, they're ambivalent. No, yeah. they, they don't like open enrollment meetings. I know. And Which breaks our heart here because that's all. Well, it's very important because yeah. – and. Uh, I I want to say maybe they don't they dislike the way open enrollment meetings are run today. Okay. Because your low you let's start with your low utilizers. Okay. They simply want to know because they're not 
engaging the plan. They just want to know what's changing. Mm -hmm. How much is it going to cost me? What do I need to do? The three questions. And then they've checked out. They're, They're on their phones. They're being disrupted by talking to their neighbor, whatever else in the meetings. <laughs> the high utilizers want to be engaged, want to learn about the program. Mm-hmm. The problem is they're not going to ask the questions they want to ask in a group setting. Because Are they embarrassed? Probably embarrassed, a little self-conscious. They, they're very specific questions to their situation. And so what they would rather do is have a separate meeting where their table sits yeah. Or they could ask one-on-one what the meetings are. You know what they all wanted in lieu of open... You know how they all wanted to hear about open enrollment, regardless of generation. Mm-hmm. They want an email with attachments. And in the cover letter, they want you to bullet point wow. what's going on and what's changing, regardless of generations, regardless of high utilizer or low utilizer. Mm-hmm. And they want the open enrollment meetings, if you're going to have them they want them structured differently. Is that something that HR teams can do? How much extra work does that cost or cause them? Well, it's it's actually, it's just reshifting yeah. your resources. Mm-hmm. And, and what it can actually do for you is it can be a huge money savings for the company. Because you think about every open enrollment meeting you've got, you're pulling them off of their jobs. There's a lot of money sitting in that room. Oh, yeah. So if you can shorten that 30-minute, 45 minute, one hour meeting down to 15 minutes. Here's what you need to do to execute yep. the the open enrollment stuff. Then what you do is you set some one-on-one time where they can come up and ask those questions, let them schedule right. times, maybe give them an HR hotline. Mm-hmm. You can be very creative, but you can actually make it a win-win situation for everyone involved. Turn it into a delighter. A delighter. There you go. Okay. So next rapid fire question. We found that Gen Xers had a lot of anxiety. And I know we discussed that the Zoomers have it. I thought it would Mm -hmm. be them, number one. But why Gen Xers? Gen Xers have a high level of anxiety because look at their age group, which is um, 42 to 57. Okay. They are the age band where chronic conditions really start manifesting themselves, okay? Mm -hmm. And so as they encounter new medical issues for the first time, Mm -hmm. care coordination, maintenance drugs, specialists that they're going to see to create a whole nother level Mm -hmm. of anxiety because they're trying to figure out and navigate that for the first time. Mm -hmm. Boomers have already kind of figured it out. And they've got things under control to a certain degree. But, you know, I'll say if we have this conversation in another five to seven years, I'm going to tell you that millennials will start to be that anxiety generation because chronic disease is moving downward age-wise. Really? And it's manifesting itself at a much earlier age. Wow. Um, So that will be shifting as time goes on. But yeah, they're stressed about that. But then not just on top of that, but trying to handle and coordinate the care for for their parents. And their children. Uh, Yeah. 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 They've got lots on their plate. they got a lot going on. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, we also wanted to chat a little bit about traditional benefits versus non-traditional benefits. And one example of that is a flexible work schedule. So what advice do you have for organizations who do not want to give in and they're the traditional work environments and they don't want to do work from home. They don't believe in the hybrid. 
Yeah. What's your advice for them? Well, there's some that can't do it, like manufacturers. And I have this conversation with them all the time. Mm -hmm. But here's the stark reality. You're no longer competing against other manufacturing companies for employees. Right. You're competing against all other jobs out there um, that exist. And so what you need to do is be able to adapt. And you may not be able to completely ever go to a, a work from home schedule because mm -hmm. of the type of business that you are. Right. But you can look at things and be creative. What you else may can they able, give you? You can do some yeah. flexible scheduling. Maybe mm -hmm. if you're manufacturing, maybe you go to a four-day production schedule with wow. a longer shift where you give people a day off there. Maybe it's co-oping. Maybe it's flexible scheduling mm -hmm. in and out. Um, there are different things that you can look at and consider because I would, again, I'm going to say this is not going to go away. Work, flexible work scheduling and work from home is here to stay mm -hmm. and it will only get bigger and bigger. Um, you can't stop the train. It's left the station. Nope. And if you don't offer it, they'll leave to go find it somewhere else. They so. will. They will find another um, job that meets their needs. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, the non-traditional benefits, which I know we're excited about, what are some examples of those that is an easy implementation for an HR team to do? Well, it's not even, they're already doing it. So many of the things they're doing, they just are not doing as effective of a job or thinking about it as an employee benefit. And right. it really is. So we talked about the, the, you know, unlimited PTO, work from home. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not like the ping pong tables anymore. People no, don't care about those. No, it's really <laughs> not. It's um, really uh, the big things that I would say that you really need to tout, especially because the majority of the people you're recruiting right now are millennials and Zoomers. Yep. Touting and talking about your DE&I efforts yeah. are really important because inclusion and connectivity and belonging are so important to employers. And that's what's really important because I think there's even a disconnect on the DEI level, mm -hmm. exactly what it is. What it is is it's a sense of belonging to the organization. You feel valued yep. and you feel like you're contributing towards a bigger cause, which what did I say? Super uber important to millennials and Zoomers yep. that are out there. Um, talking about the volunteer opportunities, yep. the community service, outlining in your offer letter exactly what career pathing looks like, where the opportunities are to grow in the organization, mm -hmm. what your training program looks like. Mm -hmm. You assume that's a, just a part of doing business. That's important for an employee coming in. So those are non-traditional benefits that you can build up and tout. Right. And it will help you get people in your organization. Interested. And one thing that I just wanted to hint at was our MB perks that we've added. Would yeah. you consider that a non-traditional benefit? Yes, it is. MB perks, discount programs are really important, mm -hmm. especially to there. And what we found is the, the perks programs, discount programs are important to everybody because yep. everybody likes a deal. Everyone they're loves a very important coupon. to Zoomers because they look at their benefit program and if they're not utilizing it, mm -hmm. They want something equal in return that's driving value and instant gratification. Absolutely. Discount programs are great because they can use it in the moment and feel like they received a benefit. Mm -hmm. That's a great And that great was one of, our, one of our most exciting things that we're rolling out this year as yes. well. So, so one of my favorite quotes from your August Learning Center presentation, if any listeners were here, you already got to hear it, but was big journeys begin with small steps. Probably one of my favorite quotes. Yeah. 
of this whole member journey. So do you have any final words for our listeners with this path journey reimagined benefit we're talking about? Yeah. And I, I would say that you don't need to worry about huge broad strokes um, to change the way that you're doing things. What we found along the member journey is there are little things that you can do to insert yourselves or make a change at the point they're interacting with your program. And those little things lead to delighters. Mm -hmm. And what you're going to find is take your list that you created, that those two column lists of stressors and delighters. And as you do the small steps, move them from the, the stressor column over the, to the delighter. Yep. And what you'll find is sooner or later, um, you're going to have more on the delighter side. And as a result, you're going to have the business case because your retention is going to look better. Mm -hmm. Your recruiting efforts are going to be more meaningful and you're going to have more successes than, than failures. Absolutely. So what's next? I mean, we've given the solutions, but this isn't the end. No, so. what we're doing right now is we've got things in our incubator. And as we get ready to roll them out enterprise-wide, um, just stay in touch with McGowan Braybender, stay in touch with our team, and we will help you um, be able to navigate through this and guide you through it. Absolutely. And if so. our listeners want more information or want to hear about, see this, how many pages is it? 100-page executive summary? Yeah, the executive <laughs> summary we have is about 120 pages, mm -hmm. and it's guaranteed to put you to sleep if you get past six, page 16. <laughs> However... Read pages one through 16 and you'll get a great summary of what um, really the direction we're going in and what we learned. And understanding the problem mm -hmm. completely is about 80% of solving the problem because the solutions become crystal clear Absolutely. if you understand the problem. Mm -hmm. So we, I want to thank you for your hard work, your dedication, your knowledge on this topic it's been such a fun ride to go through this, and I can't wait to see what we come up with next. So, well, thanks. Um, we're excited to, to bring our listeners and viewers along on the journey. Absolutely. So, if you have any questions about the member journey or how you can help, how you can join it yourself, you can email me at Kenzie at healthierbirthdays.com or Dave at healthierbirthdays.com. Don't be surprised if we have additional episodes coming um, throughout this year with the more information we uncover. So, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Side Effects.